right, everybody, shalom, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show. We're doing a little week in review of a massive week, and I just wanted to be with you uh, here before Shabbat and have a little bit of a chat about the important stuff that went on. Uh, and I can't wait to hear from you, so please comment uh, right here. And uh, the truth is, is I had a pretty funny week because I wasn't really paying attention to the news so much because uh, we went on um, a little bit of a vacation. We were down in Ashkelon in the beautiful Mediterranean. And it was, it was, it's like Ashkelon is one of my favorite cities. And if you have time to look into the history of Ashkelon on, uh, on Wikipedia, do so because you just cannot believe how much history actually transpired in places like Ashkelon and other places like Yafo. Uh, uh, before the Jews entered the land of Israel, it was a famous port. I'm talking 3,800 years ago. Uh, we're talking about uh, Egyptian letters going back like 4,000 years ago, talking about Ashkelon. Later, the Romans are going to call uh, scallions. You guys like to eat scallions? Uh, they're going to call scallions after Ashkelon because the best scallions were from Ashkelon. So they called the thing Ashkelon. That's really fun. Love Ashkelon so much. Uh, love to be on the beach. And I'm a beach guy. I could be on the beach for a week and and I'm like, you know, I'm totally satisfied. And, you know, usually I'm involved in news and in Israeli politics and trying to build a Jewish state and, and, and Torah, Torah of the land of Israel, returning the Jewish people uh, to uh, the, the land of Israel and returning God's presence to the land of Israel. That's my day-to-day. But this week I was just off. And here we have Chava Hope who's asking, let's just see. She says, what happened to your regular show this week? I can't find it anywhere. It's true, Chava. Very rare, but I didn't do a show this week. That's uh, a very rare thing. I, usually I am uh, on it. This week did not do a show. So instead, I'm doing this week in review here with you. So I'm looking forward to chatting about the things that are important this week. Uh, yes. Katzowitz, who uh, has a great Lego company called J-Brick, says Yishai Rocks. Thank you very much. My friend from Cyprus is on the line right now. Shalom, brother. Uh, we got a good morning from uh, Michelle. We got a shalom from Lewis. We got shalom from Boston, all the way from Ro- Robert, from all the way from Boston. We got North Carolina on the line with Sarah. Uh, and we have Croatia on the line. That's awesome. Hello, Evo. He's a picture of my good friend Ari Fold. Uh, and we have Alyssa from Palm Beach, and Larry, too, loves the beach. Uh, Oh, that's Elise. Excuse me. Elise says that. Oh, who was that? Oh, who did I miss here? Uh, And Lou says, how was vacation? Alice says, hi, from from Baltimore. So there's a lot of people saying, hi, Boker Tov. Vacation was so great. I'm telling you, this is me. I live for vacation. I know it sounds strange because if you know my stuff, you think to yourself, Yishai is always energetic. Truth is is I love downtime and, and, and even uh, the, the general, the Jewish community of Hebron called me to talk about some, some serious stuff. And I said to him, I said to him, Uri, I just, I'm not, I'm not hearing you because I'm just, there's the waves are rolling in and me and the kids, we love the big waves. We love to swim. And, uh, uh, and also I love to swim in historical waters. There's something about being at the beach in Ashkelon. And that could be in other places as well, like Yafo and other places that it's like this is a place where people have docked their boats and have swam for all of human history. This is just an important human site and an important Jewish site. And therefore, uh, when I swim in that water, I, I actually feel like I'm 
getting some kind of information from the ether of history. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you, do you get what I'm talking about? Like you walk in certain places like in Jerusalem or in Hebron, and you're just like, I'm getting information into my head or I'm, or I'm plugging into information, which is just general. It's, it's, it's in this, it's, it's through the dimensions of time. And therefore I'm not just like thinking or talking about now. There's some kind of now that's, that's, that's communicating with me or I'm communicating in general, by the way, I believe in a uh, concept of shared intelligence. Like I don't think that we are intelligent creatures on our own. I think that generations have a certain generational intelligence. Uh, and, and when we think about things seriously, we contribute to generational intelligence. When we care about things passionately and we broadcast them, uh, which is part of what I do and maybe part of what you do, uh, is generational intelligence. It's something very much I believe in. And I believe also in intragenerational intelligence. The Torah is a super intelligence. Uh, and we pass it through time. We live with it through time. And swimming in the beach in Ashkelon uh, is also very much a generational intelligence. Uh, I got a chance to be on TV this week. I went, uh, uh, and we, we're getting a shalom from Brazil, a Shabbat shalom from Brazil, from Eliyahu. How you doing, brother? You look like you belong in the land of Israel. Um, and... Uh, we have other people saying him. Michelle says, Mich Michelle says, I would just, I would love just to walk in Israel. That's exactly it, Michelle. That's exactly it. When you just walk in the land of Israel, it's like you're, it's like you're, 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 first thing you're, you're enjoying and you're, and you're giving out, you know, your smiles and, and, and you're sensing pleasure. You're talking with God and thanking him. But, but I'm saying also that there's something about when you walk in these places, it's like you're contributing to this intergenerational intelligence. Uh, uh, Alyssa says, haven't heard from you in a while. Miss you a lot. Nice to see you and hear from you. Yishai, hope Malka and the kids are doing well. Send love and good wishes. Thank you very much. Uh, let's, let's go on. Oh, one more person here. We got Shalom, Shalom Yishai from St. Clair, Michigan. That's awesome. Uh, and Deborah says, hi. So we're, we're really communicating. That's by the way, interesting that we're living in a moment. You know, people talk about that we're communicating around the world. But it's really real. And what I, what I love to do is I love to speak with you from the land of Israel, from what I call the spiritual capital of the world, right? Israel may not be the financial capital. It, it maybe has strong finances, but it may not be the financial capital of the world. But it is the spiritual cap and the spiritual superpower. And that's what Israel's job is. Uh, so that's what we have to do. Um, and we're going to get to the Torah portion in just a minute. I just wanted to say that I was... Um, uh, this week in um, at the TV studios of I-24, and they had me talking about the it was it was hours before the announcement of the so-called peace deal or the Abrahamic Accord, which I'm going to talk with you in just a minute, just hours before that. So therefore, I was talking on the news about a topic that wasn't the hot topic. I was talking about something that was hot 15 years ago, which was the Gaza eviction evacuation and my memories from it, and really the lessons. And I said, uh, I said the lessons from the Gaza evacuation, eviction of the Jewish people from Gaza, from the ancient communities uh, of Gaza, uh, which were renewed uh, in the 70s by a labor Israeli government. The lesson is, don't give up your land 
to anybody and certainly not to the jihad, which created a Hamas, Hamastan terrorist state right next door uh, in Gaza. Don't make that mistake again of giving up your land to any entity because it's wrong to give up your land to any entity, not to a peaceful one and not, and certainly not to a warlike one. So that was what I said on I-24. Hours later, uh, there was the news of the UAE, a tripartite gathering of the UAE. Um, and uh, Israel and the United States, where President Trump issued uh, a kind of peace treaty or normalization of relations uh, between Israel and the UAE. We weren't in a state of war with the UAE, uh, but it let's let's I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna you're all asking, you're probably all asking, was this a Good. I'm trying to understand if whether the, the UAE thing was a good Let me just say, the best thing about it, there was a few good things about it. First, I'll talk about the good things, then some of the bad things. Here's the good. The good is even the name, the Abraham Accords. The Abrahamic Accords. All right? Abrahamic Accords. My friends, this is a very true statement. Just the name itself in my mind, was a victory. Because the minute you say Abrahamic Accords, you're really saying that Jews, Israelis, are part of the Abrahamic peoples, the Abrahamic Covenant. You know what? Let's keep away Abrahamic Covenant. Let's focus on Abrahamic people that are living here in the Middle East. We are Semitic, indigenous, children of Abraham tribe called the Jews, the Yehud, or Bani Israel, the children of Israel. That's right. And when you use that language of the Abrahamic Accords, you're basically saying the Jews are the children of Abraham. They belong in this land. And for Hebron, we're also the protectors of Abraham because the Jews of Hebron are the, my term, my term, knights of the Machpelah, the protectors of the Machpelah. Uh, and the Machpelah is where Abraham is buried. Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah, Jacob and Leah. And so uh, what I'm saying to you is that the very term Abrahamic Accords was a victory. All right? Now, uh, with regarding to the meat of the agreement, well, here's the good. The good is, is that Sunni states are coming around to a relationship with Israel. We've been told all along that the Sunni states will never stop their boycott of Israel without uh, making a peace deal with the Palestinians. So that turns out to be not true. It turns out that what really the Arabs in the region right now are recognizing is um, Israel's economic strength or economic success and military strength and prowess, which they need against Iran. This is another um, brick in the fortress against Iranian aggression in the Middle East, their takeover of Iran, uh, excuse me, their, yeah, their takeover of Iran, we're talking about the Iranian mullahs, certainly they took over Iran, but now they're trying to take over Iraq, they've taken over southern Lebanon, they took over the Gaza Strip, they want to take over a part of Yemen through the Houthis, and this work through proxies, and so the UAE, uh, when they're saying officially that they're making a relationship, that paves the way 
for a, for a UAE slash Oman slash Bahrain relationship with Israel, normalization with Israel. Um, and normalization of ties is a big deal. So it's a big deal on an economic level. It's a big deal on a security level. So that is excellent. Uh, I think that that is really uh, these are these are important contributions um, that the Trump administration and the Netanyahu administration have brought to Israel uh, um, here in the Middle East and really changing the dynamic of the Middle East. That's really the upside. The downside is that what was bundled into this understanding is the secession of Israeli assertion of sovereignty on our ancestral homeland. From my perspective, that was totally unnecessary. Why would you need to make a peace deal with a country that we don't have war with in order to do that, you, us to stop for asserting our, uh, uh, asserting our sovereignty on our ancestral homeland? That was not necessary. Uh, and I'm going to read to you some of the smart people that I'm in touch with and what they've written on this. So I'm just going to read to you a few quotes. This is from uh, Ari Harrow on his Facebook page. Uh, he used to be um, uh, an assistant and an advisor to Prime Minister Netanyahu. So he, I just wanted to read this because I don't, you know, there's a lot of smart people talking, just a few of their statements. Ari Harrow says, some initial thoughts on yesterday's diplomatic development. One, the announced agreement with the UAE is a positive development for Israel. It creates an atmosphere of change in the Gulf allowing other countries in the region to follow suit. It opens up significant market to Israeli technology, business, and export. In these trying COVID times, the economic benefits are extra important. Three, it is a blow to Iran and its attempt to sow chaos and isolate Israel diplomatically. Four, depending on the depth of, of the security and defense cooperation, Israel's launching point would, mar would be much closer geographically for any further attack against Iranian nuclear facilities. Okay, so that's part of the blow against Iran. It weakens, number four, it weakens the Palestinian cause, excuse me, the Palestinian case. Uh, as additional Arab states follow the UAE, the Palestinians will find themselves on the wrong side of the tracks and under greater pressure to compromise. It weakens also the BDS movement as Arab countries move away from the boycott. Obviously, if the UAE is not boycotting Israel, which is a big United Arab Emirates as his name, then that would be very silly for the BDS to continue to boycott Israel. So that's uh, uh, Ari Harrow's positive take. Uh, and he says, too, on the other hand, the future of Judea and Samaria, a great and unique opportunity to extend sovereignty in Judea and Samaria was missed. Had Israel pushed ahead a few months ago and the U.S. Poss possibly begrudgingly, would, they would have supported the move of assertion of sovereignty. With President Trump's first term coming to a close and a second term questionable, this window has closed for the foreseeable future uh, of U.S. recognition of Israeli sovereignty. Possibly. I think that we can assert sovereignty and people would accept it if we were just assertive. Um, let's see what else is important here. Um, he says, politically, for President Trump, the UAE-Israeli agreement is more beneficial than extending Israeli sovereignty. So U.S.-Israel relationship is more beneficial for President Trump. However, Netanyahu, politically for Prime Minister Netanyahu, the UAE agreement is less beneficial than extending sovereignty. Okay, because 
politically, Israelis want to see Israeli sovereignty in our homeland and not necessarily a peace deal with the UAE as a front burner thing. All right. The other thing is, um, uh, I guess, should I read this to you? It's a little bit long. Um, uh, Kushner was here. This is now from, I forgot from who. He writes, he writes, uh, Kushner was hearing um, that there was a lot of blowback. He was regularly hearing from Egypt, Jordan, and the Gulf Arab states that such a unilateral, originally when we had the issue of sovereignty on the table, a lot of pushback was being given to Kushner. Uh, and, and such unilateral Israeli annexation would be a total deal breaker for these Arab states. So... So, uh, so Kushner told Bibi, not so fast. Kushner persuaded Trump to block Bibi's cherry picking of the plan by taking annexation now. He blocked, so basically Kushner blocks annexation. This was causing Netanyahu to lose support from the settlers, from the, from the Jews living in Judea and Samaria. Um, and exactly this is a time where Netanyahu was facing corruption charges and daily protests outside his home. So he was sinking in the polls. So what Trump, Kushner, and Prince Mohammed bin Zayed uh, of, uh, of the United Arab Emirates, uh, he's the de facto leader of the Emirates, uh, um, they decided to turn lemons into lemonade. And basically what they decided to do was instead of Israel annexing, instead of Israeli annexation for a, a, a Palestinian, Israeli non-annexation, I'm sorry, I'll explain this a little bit better. Instead of Israeli annexation for a, and, and a Palestinian state being the trade-off, they made it into Israeli non-annexation in return for peace with the UAE. Basically, they generated a, an asset out of nothing, which Israel could then trade for peace with the UAE. It was peace for peace, not land for peace. Okay, so it was a little bit, it's a little bit more realpolitik, uh, how to how Netanyahu was able to spin an annexation, non-sovereignization. We don't call it annexation. A sovereignty. Um, there was a there's a blockage of the sovereignty movement, and so they traded the non-sovereignty, which they were forced to accept, for peace with the UAE. Um, look, people like myself are 100% pushing, and will continue to push for Israeli sovereignty in Judea and Samaria, in our ancestral homeland, with an alternative uh, idea of what to deal with the uh, Palestinian people or the Arabs, really, the so-called Palestinian people, uh, instead of creating a Palestine, which is an anti-Israel machine, we have to come up with alternatives, and I'll be writing about that next week. Uh, and I've written a lot about it, about alternatives to the two-state solution, and I'll continue to push the Jordan is Palestine option. Jordan is the real Palestine. It was originally taken from Jewish land in order to uh, 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 create a, another Palestinian state, an Arab state, which was really full of Palestinians, 80% Palestinians. And so therefore, uh, and then in, in 1948, Jordan, which was a Palestinian state, pushed into Judea and Samaria in war and put in their people. And then 1988 just took away their citizenship. So they left their Jordanians. What we're going to do is we're going to demand that these Jordanians become reinstated and that they continue to live in Israel uh, as, that's what I'm going to start calling them, the Jordanians. The Jordanians living on Israeli soil uh, will continue to live as residents of Israel, uh, but get their Jordanian citizenship back. That's what we're going to push for in, in the coming weeks. 
we're going to continue to push for that. And what is the other thing I wanted to share with you with regarding to starred messages uh, from smart people writing stuff? Um, all right, we, we already covered it. All right, so here we go. The first part of our show, we talked about uh, a vacation and really swimming the land and being connected to history. Uh, let me ask, uh, the second thing that we talked about was UAE. If you ask me my opinion, Yishai's opinion on balance, on balance, I think it was a good thing, but it was lemons, it was lemonade out of lemons. The non-sovereignty-ishness, uh, the non-assertion of sovereignty of Israel and Judea and Samaria was a weak point. It showed Netanyahu to be a person who did not fulfill his 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 promises and from the Trump administration, we got, albeit a very well-dressed up Palestinian state option, two-state option, uh, you know, very well-dressed up with, you know, they shall not get a state unless they reform and become like Canada and don't support uh, a terrorist regime. At the same time, it was still a two-state solution. So that didn't work. There was fallout from that. There was fallout from Israeli so-called annexation. We know sovereignization uh, of our land. So instead of all that failure, we got uh, made let we made lemonade out of the lemons by uh, agreeing to uh, stop what we weren't already doing, which was sovereignization. And now by stopping that, getting a deal with the UAE. From my perspective, a win in terms of Abrahamic Accords. I'm into Abrahamic Accords. I'm into regional cooperation and understanding with the Arabs. I'm into then respecting the might of Israel, and I also mean the might of the God of Israel. I'm into that, um, and I'm into regional cooperation and understanding uh, as as tribes of the children of Abraham. Uh, but I'm not into non-sovereignization of our land. So that's that was a fail. But overall, on balance, I think a good thing has happened. I'm not saying it's the good thing. I'm not saying it's a total good thing. I think it was a good step overall and, and a smart political step if you can't sovereignize, sovereignize. See, because I'm looking for an adjective for asserting sovereignty in one word. If you can't assert sovereignty, then at least get this and build a coalition against Iran. That's a good thing. Uh, let me read to you a little bit from what people are writing. Uh, Alyssa says, she says, uh, oh, first I see people asking, what about Turkey? Turkey is today one of the one of the forces, one of the the neo Ottomans of Erdogan are trying to take over a region. They're like they're like Iran, an up and coming like a power that's like gaining steam, wanting to take over using uh, their large land masts. And one of the big fights today is against Turkey taking over in the uh, Mediterranean. And of course, our great ally in that cause is Greece, because Greece knows what Turkey, Turkish uh, invasion is like, and so therefore they're going to get the cold turkey, cold shoulder uh, from, uh, from Greece and from Israel from Mediterranean takeover. Uh, Alyssa says, does Israel like Kushner? Look, Kushner is a Jewish advisor to the president. From my perspective, a very good man who won generation. That part is good. The part of Israel created making a deal with the Palestinians to me is bad. Alyssa continues and says, Jordan is the real Palestinian. Uh, of course it is. The British mandate gave it to the Palestinians, uh, and uh, and that's really uh, the original Palestinian state. That's the original two-state solution. Lou says, linking this peace deal with sovereignty was a big mistake, but I do believe that on the long run, relations with the UAE will be a huge plus economically 
and otherwise for Israel. Julie says, I absolutely agree with you about Jordan and Palestinians. It's a historical fact. Sarah says, it is better for people in Judea and Samaria to be ruled by civilian government or military administration at this time. I believe people believe that, that the Palestinians living in the so-called West Bank in Judea and Samaria should get Israeli residency, of course, if they comply with the law and are non-jihadist. Get Israeli residency um, and uh, become citizens of Jordan, the original Palestinian states. You could stay here in Israel, live here in Israel um, as a resident, but get your citizenship right next door. Oh, wow, there's a lot of writing. There's a lot of folks writing. Uh, let's see. My friend uh, Ben writes, given the concern that Kamala Harris administration, <laughs> that's, that's interesting, or Kamala Harris. <clears throat> it's interesting that he's writing that because <clears throat> I think Ben is, is um, pointing out that, uh, uh, that a, a potential Biden administration is indeed a Kamala Harris administration. So he says, given the concern that such an administration will pressure Israel to reverse or severely halt so-called annexation for eight years if she has two terms, given this possibility, do you think it's possible that the leaders in Israel will rise during that time frame to ignore U.S. pressure and will continue supporting uh, development in Judea and Samaria? Uh, look, Ben, let me tell you something. We are not about to give up what we've been fighting for, and we've fought against 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 American administrations like Carter and Barack Obama. And we fought against our own left-leaning governments who brought us Oslo uh, and two intifadas. And so we will continue to be successful here because despite those administrations, we have held on to this land. Uh, and I think that's an amazing thing. I think I, I want you to all recognize one simple fact. Every achievement that the Trump administration has had here, here in Israel and Judea and Samaria, every one of those achievements has been things that we've done previously. We, we, we recognized and annexed the Golan Heights in 82. Uh, we annexed and recognized Jerusalem right after the Six-Day War. So basically what, what President Trump has done is what Israel basically recognized a long time ago, and it took the American administration a long, long time to catch up. And the same thing with Israeli administrations. The, the, the point is, is that the Israeli so-called settlers, the brave Jews who hang on to our ancestral homeland, have been ahead of the cart for a long time, and people are just catching up to us, and we're going to continue to push ahead. Uh, there's a lot of questions, and I want to get to the Torah portion, so let me see if I see um, <clears throat> something. Daniel Benami says, I hope you don't, uh, you don't give up. This is our country. Very good. And Robert says... Wait, Robert says here, uh, support of America, uh, support by America is important, but not the deciding factor. Israel has to stand up from its own. And we have Adam Mahmoud uh, Abed Il Hasib. He says, peace from the UAE. Peace to you, brother. And, and more than peace, because we have peace with Jordan and we have peace with Egypt. But you know what these things are? They're a cold peace, Adam Muhammad. They're a cold peace. We need warm peace. We need the folks of the UAE to say, Mabruk, welcome Israel. Marhaba, welcome. Welcome to a, a, a regional understanding and regional cooperation. I am going to be on the plane to Abu Dhabi or Dubai 
or 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 you know one of the wonderful uh, Emirates ASAP. But I want to hear a welcome. I don't want to hear just a cold piece. I want to hear a welcome from the UAE, and we will be heading out there. Let's have a warm peace. Let's embrace ourselves through the Abrahamic Accord for a warm peace. Um, and I think that that is so important uh, for our region. I really think this UAE relationship could go two ways. It could go the way of Egypt and Jordan, which Egypt and Jordan are not warm to us. And so, therefore, we gave a cold peace uh, in exchange for stopping the assertion of our, of our homeland, the sovereignty in our homeland. So that's not great. But if it was a warm peace, and we'll get that sovereignty in our homeland later, I think it's going to be good. I think that a warm peace, uh, I think that a warm peace will bring blessings to this region. Barake. That's the Arab word. word. Barake. A blessing. And that's what we need now. Not just a cold peace. Uh, that's the way forward. Oh, I think I see uh, a, a, a beloved co-host joining me. Hold on. Let's make some space here for our beloved Malka Fleischer. Malka, welcome to the show. Yes. Jumping in. Cameo hey, appearance. How are you doing? Hey, everybody watching the show and listening. Yeah, we're having a great time. We're having a very serious discussion about this UAE thing. And I'm just talking about uh, Adam Muhammad uh, Abed El Haseb, who yep. is uh, El Haseb, probably, who is writing right now from the UAE and he sees peace from UAE. Yes. Hello, shalom. How and, fun is that? And I'm saying that it's about a warm peace, not a cold peace. That's right. what we need. That would and if be this nice. if this thing shows up to be a warm peace, Malka, it'll look completely different than a than a cold peace. Yes. And I'm also reading people's comments. Uh, Julie says, uh, oh, this is Mark Rice. He says, We are proud of being Jews uh and uh, and of Israel. For the time being, we're playing the game. History shows that people who are friends at one point may not be uh, in another few hundred years. And mm. I, I want to tell you something. We are actually heading, I think we're heading towards a war and peace. That's what I'm seeing from people like uh, uh, like uh, our friend Adam Mahmoud. I'm seeing today that there's a lot of people through the internet and the internet is breaking down borders who are showing real right. peace. It definitely gives an opportunity to people who want that warm peace. Uh, obviously, everything, you know, we've learned also from our experience with the United States that we can have uh, times when the peace is extremely, um, like, brotherly. And then we can have peace, which is more mechanical, which is more about uh, the agreements that bind us and things like that. So, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a big difference because really the American people have always shown a uh, certain fidelity to Israel and a, and a common cause with Israel. Um, but nonetheless, there have been administrations which are cold towards Israel and there are administrations which are very warm towards Israel. Move up a little bit, Malcolm. Move up a little bit. And so uh, I think that's the same case with the UAE, that you have um, citizens of the UAE who kind of also now have like permission to be openly... We'll see. I mean, I don't, I'm not such an expert in the internal politics of the United Arab Emirates, but it seems to me that this is like um, a kind of permission that's being given to the people of the UAE to be more openly pro-Israel or not anti-Israel and to be to open up the concept of Jews living in the Middle East. And they're right. certainly Muslim. That's right. Uh, overwhelmingly. So to, to like be accepting of these in the Middle East and say we're having normal relations with them, that is going to be beneficial to us here in the UAE and that we can also be beneficial to Israel. 
So, uh, so I think that it's a good opportunity. I, I hope only that we'll do it in a way that is not um, demeaning to us, that we'll do it in a way right. which is uh, dignified. Right. Very good. Uh, Alyssa says, Shalom, Malka, you're awesome and beloved. Ooh, you are beloved as well. Mm-hmm, Thank mm-hmm. you very much. It's so nice to have all these great people listening today. I guess people are getting ready for Shabbat. They are. It's oh. the middle of the summer. That's right. Oh. Uh, Daniel says, I come from Germany. Uh, a That is our country. I think he means to say that was my country for the last 3,000 years ago. For at least 3,000 years ago. Thank you for your work. I really like what you do. Regards from Tzur Hadassah. Tzur Hadassah you, is not far away. Maka, it's an amazing Torah portion. Yes. And I want to talk with you about it a little bit. All right, okay. let's let's get out our, uh, our our Torahs. And let's look a little bit at uh, the book of Deuteronomy, which we're going to be reading. Remember, Jewish people read the Torah, the five books of Moses, sequentially. Every week, a portion. We begin at the beginning, finish at the end. No skipping around. And today we're at chapter 11 of the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Dvarim. And the first thing I want you to know is that Moses, who's not going to go into the land of Israel, tells the Jewish people that when you do go into the land of Israel, I want you to go to Shechem, to Shechem, what the Arabs called Nablus. And he says, When Hashem your God will bring you to the land, which you come to inherit, Give the blessings on the Mount of Grizim and the curse on Har Eval, on the mountain of Eval. And when the Jewish people came to the land of Israel with Joshua, that is indeed what they did, Malka. They stood uh, on one side, which was uh, half of the Jewish people on the mountain of blessings, half on the mountain of curses. How do you, like, get picked for that? You know what? I would have. Do you know which one you're getting? Are you like, this is the mountain of blessing, go over here, this is the mountain of curse, Yeah, the, the tribes got split up, and, and they indeed went and got split up. But let's not let's not worry about who got blessed or cursed, but the, the I idea... I want to be on the blessing one. They all got the blessings, but they also had to hear the curses, which is, if you're, if you're going to go the right way, it's going to go good for you. If you're going to go the bad way, it's going to go bad for you. you you got to have the stick and the carrot in this world. And God says, I want to bless you, but if you're off the grid... It's not going to be a blessing for you because you're a special people. You've got to do uh, the thing that you got to do. Now, the next thing that this whole Torah portion is really fixated on uh, is the issue of the uh, of the temple and of the centrality of Jerusalem. All right, and there's a very important verse here, Malka, which is that you've got to destroy the high places uh, of the other peoples that have uh, cultic sites, pagan sites. On your holy site. And it says, Destroy their pillars. Cut down the trees. And, and their, their idols, you gotta, of their gods, you gotta just utterly destroy. You gotta get rid of their name from that specific place. However, Don't do thusly to Hashem your God. Rather, for that very place, the very place that Hashem will to put His name, for His resting place, to yearn and find it, and go there, and go to that very place. You gotta, you gotta seek out God's special place, and go to that place. 
get rid of the idol worship in that place. And that's his special place. Of course, that special place is the Temple Mount. And myself uh, and my friends, my mom, we go up regularly to the Temple Mount to fulfill this verse, demand and yearn, the Shikhnoti Dreshu, yearn for his place and come to there. All right, the Temple Mount. And, and at the same time, it's pretty obvious that this verse is also referring to that there's a problem when a different people's and a different God has uh, their place on your high place. Uh, the Temple Mount, obviously, a controversial location. <laughs> um, you know, I can't help it, Isha. You know, you're, you're reading the Torah portion, and I know what you're talking about is like spirituals, very spiritual, um, godly things. And yet I can't help but feel kind of very, very political about it right now. Well, it is political because um, one of the things that was stated during the Abrahamic Accords with the UAE was that Muslims from all over the world will be able to fly and pray at the Temple Mount. On the one hand, that's good. So that's nice, right? right? And and in theory, the Temple Mount should be a place that people from all over the world can come and pray. Um, the Temple is a place that um, had was accessible to all and people brought their offerings from all around the world and all kinds of different people of all kinds of denominations of people would come and serve the one God in the temple. But you can't help but notice that we're all concerned with Muslims being able to access the Temple Mount. In the meantime, you like go down to scratch your toe at the Temple Mount and suddenly you get arrested for like this disgusting Jewish act of trying to pray to me, it's like it's one of the great abominations of um, this is going to sound anti-Zionist, but it's not one of the great like one of the great abominations of the state of Israel today is that we have a place where you get arrested for praying. Now, not a place, the place, the place, but even a place, right? right. Even a place. It's like we're going to be you want to give me ads about like liberal Tel Aviv and then you want to tell me that like policemen come and they take you for what it's i'm not talking either about like something that's somehow disruptive right like uh i don't know you're slaughtering animals and which is a whole separate issue right but you're like slaughtering animals in front of people or you're like holding big rallies of prayer in the middle and blocking i don't know there's there's no reason that that uh that a person should like go moving their lips on the Temple Mount and like Shema Israel, right? And that they're like, I'm sorry, sir, you're, you have to go, you know, you, you are going to be arrested now and we're taking you off and we write your name down and we prevent you from coming in the future. And just you're just, now to, on a just list. to make it clear for everybody, according to Israeli law, Jews are not allowed to, although the Supreme Court has renounced this, still the practical law is Jews are not allowed to pray on the Temple Mount, although that is changing. But, but the bottom line is... It's changing, but in the meantime, it's... it's here's on the spiritual level. The jihad controls the Temple Mount. And that jihad is against Jewish rights in the Temple Mount. Right. That's that's sort of magnanimous of you. And the, truth the Israeli is government, the Israeli upholds, government upholds, backs, doesn't fight back, doesn't apply sovereignty. Uh, not even like a, a, a big word, right? It doesn't like assert its even equality kind of in the... like. I don't like to say equality because in real realness, I don't think that we are 
that it's equal. I think that Israel should be sovereign on the Temple Mount. But let's say for a second that we're in just like, you know, uh, making deals to not apply our sovereignty immediately because we want to get some kind of political goal out of it. Let's say we have a political goal and we're using our holiest, most precious little baby to achieve our political goals, which is already sick, then we're not doing it. Like we're not even using the the Temple Mount to it. We're not. It's not. It's not pretty. It's really embarrassing. Hey, the book says and it it's, clearly it's to not us. Kadosh. Right. The book says it's, it to us. I don't think. I think God like right does the you know the monkey with the hands over his eyes. I think that <laughs> that he's just like I don't want to see this. The, uh, that might be me. Uh, what's it called? Anthropomorphizing or whatever. But I think that it's not. It's not what we're supposed to be doing. All right. I want to read to you another verse, which is so beautiful. This is chapter 14, verse 1. You are sons to Hashem, your God. Do not, um, what's the word? Oh, don't cut yourselves. Right? Don't do chituchim v'sritot. Don't cut yourselves. Um... Don't pull out the hair here or here. But you're not supposed to wax between your eyebrows? Uh, for, for the dead. For the dead. Meaning to say, don't... For beauty, you can wax between the eyebrows. Right, but don't flip out because of the dead. Right. Don't be ripping your hair out. Literally. Right, don't be, don't be ripping your hair out. Why? You are a holy nation to Hashem your God. Hashem has chosen you to be a special nation or an empowered nation, Mikol Amin, from all the other nations, Asher uh, Adama, because God has chosen. So what does that have to do with the dead? Well, God says, you're not on this earth in a totally corporeal fashion. You have to believe that there's a God above. I control the souls. I remember the memories. And when things go down and somebody you love dies, there's a way to mourn. There's a proper way to mourn. But don't flip out because it's not the end all. The end all is my end all. Uh, you are God's people and you got to be connected to my eternity. And the Jewish people's greatest victory is their eternity. That is the word netzach. Netzach means victory, but it also means eternity. And sometimes we don't win. We didn't win the Holocaust. Right. We didn't, although, by the way, I was listening we survived to. survived the Holocaust. By the way, interestingly enough, just, just another, you know, it, it's interesting. Sometimes when you talk to some Jews about the Holocaust, they say, do you also know that the Jewish people were the most represented ethnic group in terms of fighters against the Nazis? Hmm. I do not know. <laughs> if that's really true, it's probably not really true. But you know what? There was at least a million Jews in the Russian and the American army. Wow. Wow. Uh, and and another and the thing. the British army? And the British army. Like, like, like the Allied Bingham. army. Yeah, the Allied army. And by the way, I thought to myself today as I was listening to a podcast about uh, the Manhattan Project, the scientists that developed the A-bomb yeah. uh, were also uh, Jews, many of them. That was also a fight right. against, against the, there was many Jewish scientists, including Einstein or Oppenheimer, all these guys. At the end, they were Jews right. that created that bomb. That's, that's, a, that's a weird, heavy thing. Right. Uh, it's like but an it honor is. and a wait. Our friend uh, Albator says Shalom from France. Okay, we have we have Shaloms from shalom. all over the world. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out to you is that the Jewish people have have really three names. One name is Hebrew, another name is Jewish, and another name is Israel. Right. 
Hebrew is our goof, is our body. Right. Jewish is our practice, our the thing that's in our mind, what we do, the, the software that we're running. The hardware is Hebrew. Jewish is the software. Uh, and Israel is our political configuration, our tribal configuration when we're together. So check out what God says. He says, you are children to Hashem, your God. Your children means that you, ha you have a body and that you are uh, 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 um, the hardware of the Hebrew people. You are children to God. And then it says, Kiam Kadoshata, but you're a holy people. What makes you holy? That's the Torah that you keep. That's being Jewish. That's Judaism. So you have a body. You're the children. You're born in this world. You're the Hebrews. But you have a software that you run. And that software is called Yiddishkeit, Judaism, Yahadut, be Jewish. And then it says, because you're an Amzgula, you're a special people. You're a special people when you get together. That's called Israel. Our tribal name, our empowered name, our super name. If we had to rip off our Clark Kent shirt, it would say Israel underneath it. Uh, we also have Shaloms right now from Sweden, from Sharon or Sharon. Uh, and Agnes says Shalom from Indonesia. Shalom. So it's uh, great to see all of you from around the world. The point is, is that the Jewish people have got these names. They refer to different aspects, the hardware, the software, and what we are together. So the hardware Hebrew, the software Judaism, that software is here as well, and together we are Israel. All right, my good friend Paul Pinchas. How are you, my brother? I miss you so much. Says Shalom from Tinek, uh, from the Galut. And the Callan family says hello from Britain. Thank you for your talk, yes. Susie. Is it so fun to, really to, fun to be connected around the world? I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Where are we broadcasting today, Yishai? We are we are broadcasting on the Yishai Fleischer uh, network, the Yishai Fleischer Facebook group and Facebook uh, page, and also on my Twitter account, which is very active. So shalom to everybody there. Thank you for connecting. Here's another Britain. Shalom from Hove uh, in the UK. So good to have you with us. Shalom. Maka. One of the essential things that you do in the kitchen, not that that's all you do. You do oh, a lot of stuff. Oh, no, it's not. You do a lot of stuff, but you are our kitchen food maker. I'm the captain. I am also in the kitchen. I am the dishwasher. That's right. Okay, I am the we dishwasher. Couldn't, we couldn't operate without you. But in the, in the next thing that I want to talk about, you and I both deal with this a lot. Yes. And that is separation of meat and milk. All right, yes. Do you, do you know this, friends? Jews separate meat and milk we don't have no cheeseburger okay well you could have a cheeseburger but not with real cheese not with real cheese or now. not today we got that awesome vegan cheese right and maka makes a mean taco uh with uh with tofu cheese which i love so much but but, but i only make it on shabbat right and they're called Shabakos. Shabakos. That's that's Shabbat tacos that Maka makes. Last we had Shabakos. Oh, yum, yum, yum. I'm a big Tex-Mex guy. That's why I married a a, a Tex. <laughs> uh, in any case, a Texan. So this comes from the separation of meat and milk. This fanatical separation of meat and milk comes from three verses in the Torah that say, Lo tevashel gdi b'chalavimo. That's right. Our friend Shlomo Algera is here. Yeah, Shlomo Algera is listening. And, and he, he ate, personally ate some Shabakos. He had Shabakos last he week with us. That's right. Experienced the privilege. That's right. So the separation of meat and milk comes from uh, these three verses in the, in the, in the Torah that say, Lo Thou shall not cook a kid in its mother's milk. So I want to go right to the more mystical and deep idea 
the idea is that there's two different energies in this world. One is motherly milk, which is nurturing, uh, 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 symbolized by the color white, milk, and one and, and cheese, etc. One, which is more aggressive, it's got blood in it. At the end, you're killing an animal. It's the end, the opposite of nurturing an animal. And so two energies do not get along together. They're two separate energies. God says to us, I want you to separate those energies out. You can't mix those two things together. Find the uh, pure uh, uh, mercy and, and, and nurturing. And then there's the tougher aspect of meat. Don't, let's not get into the whole diet issues of which is the right diet. But don't mix those things together. And the concept of uh, separating meat and milk um, is expressed in the most dramatic fashion in the Torah by saying, don't cook its kid and its mother's milk. It's coming to the mother to nurture. Don't take that nurturing and boil oy, oy, oy. The, the kid in it. The way you say it is so dramatic. Yes, it is. It is, And I think that's what Sounds it means. Sounds horrible. Now, I have yet another take. Now, that's we separate uh, 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 meat and milk uh, very strenuously, stringently. But I also have another explanation for this verse, which is when you're coming to the land of Israel as an ole, as, a, as an immigrant, or just live in the land of Israel, the land of Israel is meant to be sweet. It's a land of milk and honey. But sometimes our government does crazy things like kick us out of our, uh, of our, of our own inheritance in Gaza, in, the Gush, in Gush Katif. And when, 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 when a bureaucrat mistreats you or somebody tries to rip you off by giving you a bad mortgage, <laughs> uh, which may or may not have happened to us. I don't know. So I say to that, I, or when somebody cuts you off in traffic. That's never happened to me. Right. I say, wait a minute. Don't cook a kid in its mother's milk. I've come to the good land to come home. I'm out of the galoot. Uh, like my friend Pinchas is talking about, I left Teaneck, and I'm here in the good land, in the sweet land. Don't, don't be rough on me now, bureaucrat. Hey, government, don't pull push me out of my house in the good land. Hey, person, don't cut me off. Don't cook a kid in its mother's milk. This is supposed to be a sweet time in Jewish history. So let us please enjoy it in the fullest way. That is something that I always say. And, and, and let's turn to Hashem, to God Almighty, and say thank you for everything and thank you for your leadership and thank you for, for your, what I mean by leadership is, is where you have led us. Thank you for your shepherdmanship, shepherd. Tude. Tude. All right? Uh, but please, Hashem, pr protect us. Please don't cook a kid in its mother's milk. We didn't come here to have a rockets fired upon us. We didn't come here to not be able to pray at the temple now. And when our own government allows these kind of laws, I say, hey, don't cook a kid in its mother's milk. I say that sometimes to people and they're like, do they get it? People are like, <laughs> did I just feed you a cheese and meat sandwich? No. I'm like, yeah, but you're, but you're, but you're cooking me in the time of sweetness. Don't do that. Oh, don't do that. Nice All right. You like that, Mako? I like no? it. I like it. All right. Uh, the Torah portion is called Re'eh. It's got a lot of incredible verses. And a lot of things that we have to learn. Uh, we also have to learn uh, one of the sweetest things, which is the Jewish calendar. And it's also mentioned in this Torah portion. Maka, that's one of the things that you shine on. I know that when you go to heaven, and I know that you'll go to heaven in a long in a time. Long time and, and just uh, especially you'll go to heaven for just dealing with me. 
Uh, I seem very sweet uh, uh, on the Facebook, but I'm really a pain in the, you know, in the, oh, you know, in the, in the Jewish tuchas, in the Jewish tuchas. No. I know I am. And that's why you're going to go to heaven. But the other reason <laughs> that you're going to go to heaven is because, um, because um, you love the Jewish calendar. You live, you really live by the Jewish calendar. And therefore, and this Torah portion of Re'eh talks about the Jewish calendar. Um, and I want to highly recommend people. First thing, Malka, you're entering your most beloved season of the year. Yes. The Elul season. I'm pretty excited. Right? The month of Elul, which is happening in about a week. Oh, Starting in a little crazy. bit, a little bit more than a week. But I'm excited, guys. You need to get you need to get psyched because the month of Elul is a happy month for the Jewish people, a time of introspection, a time right. of working on oneself, uh, which doesn't sound so happy when you say it like that. But really, it's a time when we can all agree that we all have stuff to work on, and that's okay, and we know it, and it's totally built into the system to be working on this stuff. And then after you do that and you climb a few rungs on your ladder, then you get to party for like a really long time. We get Rosh Hashanah. No, Rosh Hashanah is not party time. It is a it's party. It's a semi-party time. It is not, we, we, it is not like a free-for-all. It's the high it's holidays. It's not guys. like. It's the high holidays. Jello shots. It's, it's, yeah. But it's, but it's a fun, happy Crowning the king. It's an inauguration ball. Yes, but it's still a day of judgment. It is still a day of judgment. Okay, so we have we have coming up Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and of course Sukkot, and then finishing off with Shemini Atzeret. That is preceded by the month of Elul. And I add to that that you got to – and the month of Elul is a preparation month for the high holidays. So it starts soon. But what I always say every year, my friends, listen carefully because I'm saying something serious now. Perk up your ears. Prepare to prepare. Hmm. Prepare to prepare. Hit the first of Elul hard. Yes. Okay? It's like an airplane. We all know you get into the airplane. It sits on the runway. And then it taxis. And then it goes. And then you take off. And then it lands where it lands. The landing that I'm talking about in my parable is Sukkot, you know, mm -hmm. uh, all the preparation for it on the airplane, you know, getting your seat and, and your seatbelt and listening to the instructions and all that. And who's going to get the overhead, right? All that business. You, know, you got to that's, deal with that's Rosh Hashanah take off and the flight. That's Yom Kippur. That's, that's like, that's the real work, you know, but what you didn't, you didn't know is that there's a whole preparation of pre-flight, all the pre-flight checks, all the cabin, Make all sure the all stuff. Make sure all the screws are screwed in. Yeah, all the, the stuff and the wang there and the and the and the hydraulic fluids and the and the engines and the computers and everything got to go. That's a, the big preparation. That is the pre-preparation to Elo. Get it, get the get it all ready so that when Elo starts, you're really getting into that airplane. You're really putting your luggage in the right place. You're really ready to go. You have the right seatbelt thing. Right. And you so know how it's always mixed up with the guy next to you and you got to switch. That's right. That's right. And the, you know, the ultra Orthodox guy says, you know, do you want to switch seats with me? Uh, so all the, all the stuff that happens there. Uh, so I say, get ready to get ready. Um, get ready for Elul by really preparing in the late month of Av to have the books. The, what are you, what are you going to study? Which book are you going to study? Your Chuva book for the month of Elul. You know, what is the mitzvah that you're going to do? I'm going to pray every day early morning on, on, on Elul. And my rabbi, Rabbi Tendler, says that it's like swinging those bats 
with all the weights mm, on top of that. Baseball analogy from baseball, New York. That's right. So like a yes. st stickball analogy, you know, like get ready for the, for the big swing. So that's what I wanted to say. Uh, I want to say Shabbat Shalom to everybody here. Yes, we have a lot oh, of messages. Maka, can I ask you to do me a favor? I'll read some of the messages. All right. Can you get me uh, a glass of some of that white wine? Um, it's going to give you... No, that me. white wine. I like that white wine that, that we have right now that uh, that was brought right. last week. All right. And do you want to bring a little for yourself as well? Sure. You know, a little bit. In the meantime, I will uh, I will read some of your uh, comments. Uh, Mark Rice says, hello from Chi-Town. Do you mean Chinatown? I, I don't know. I missed you there. Uh, and uh, we get a Shabbat Shalom uh, from Montreal, from Molavin. All right. We got uh, Yitzi. Yitz Kasowitz uh, says, it's always a pleasure to learn something new from Rabbi and Chef Fleischer. I am both. Am I the chef? No, you're right. Maka is probably also the chef of our house. Uh, we have, I don't know who this is, but Reverse the Curse says, what's up, my Cardoza peeps? Which means Cardoza uh, class of, I was class of 2003, but my friend here says he's from class of 2002. Uh, oh, he says he's from class of 2005, but you didn't say your name. Oh, I came in as you left. That's really great. And that was Cardozo Law School in New York City. I don't know what schools are going to happen this year. In any case, before Malka comes back, I want everybody to take out their uh, high Nussan. That's what it is. It's Nussan. God bless you, Nussan. And we hope to see you here in the land of Israel. I want everybody to get out their glass of wines. There you go. This. Oh, can you bring the bottle also? I just want to show them the bottle. I, oh. Sorry, I, I didn't. I didn't say to bring the bottle. I want everybody to take out their bottle uh, of wine, and I hope you get uh, a bottle of wine. You have one from the land of Israel. Do you own a bottle of wine from the land of Israel? Because if you don't, then please go to my friends at israelwines.com and write in coupon code Yishai and order for yourself the fabulous wines of the land of Israel. And I want to say together with you, Shalom, so I'm waiting for you for just a, a second to get your glass of wine or a beer or some water. Uh, we have this wonderful wine. Oh, oh wait, hold this for a second. Here, I was saying that IsraelWines.com, coupon code Yishai. This is, get up close. this is a wonderful Gushetzion white wine. I, I, I am a little allergic to red wine. And it's not the, don't send me suggestions about the uh, I mean, sulfites. I send suggestions yeah. but I, I so this is called uh, this is called it's from the Lone Oak Tree area here in Gush Etzion. It's a beautiful white wine, uh, and I want you to get your uh, lechaim ready. In the meantime, I also want to remind you to please visit HebronFund.org. Uh, that's the Jewish community of Hebron. We are the guardians of the forefathers and mothers of Maratha Machpelah. Please visit us, support us, uh, take a virtual tour with us. And don't forget to put on some true blue Jew, true Jew blue, blue string. Go to trelet.com, uh, T-E-K-H-E-L-E-T, -E -E coupon code Yishai, uh, and get your own uh, 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 amazing biblical mitzvah and wear it proud. And please let's build Israel together. Go to yishaifleischer.com. Help me keep broadcasting. Oh, you know, before that, did you, did you make your aliyah? Uh, what's it called? Download the what's it called? The Ali application. The Ali application. application. Did you make that up just now? I said the words Aliyah and application. Did that? I didn't make that up. Ali application. Ali application. Okay, fill it out by going to nbn.org.il. Uh, and of course, let's build Israel together. 
uh, go to uh, yishaifleischer.com forward slash donate. All right, and, and help me keep broadcasting and making our stuff available, free, widely dispersed, and all that. And now, my friends, I am uh, waiting for you to have your Shabbat Shalom glass. Um, uh, uh, Nussan says he's also allergic to red wine. Good. Yeah. I, I joined what do you a club. Mean good? I don't. That's the, that's, see, you know how they say sometimes when it's like, you know, if it I, makes you feel better, I have X, Y, and Z problem. It's so the go- a lot of times it's supposed to be like that doesn't make me feel no better. the Gemara but says the truth is that you're like yes that makes me feel better yeah no it's uh oh Mark says Chicago is known as Chi Town is it Chi Town or Chi Town I don't know but in any case it is safer to walk the junction in Kushetzion than the streets of Chicago that's true okay speaking of Kushetzion let's say Lachaim together friends Lachaim I want to bless you Paul uh, Paul Pinchas Lachaim I miss you guys very much uh, and Malka and I uh, send you blessings from the land of blessings. I want to bless everybody out there with health, with wealth, with great friendship, with great family, with a great Shabbat, with a peaceful Shabbat. And I want to send really the blessings of the land of Israel to all of you. You should really, really feel uh, connected to the land of Israel, the Shabbat. Please, please open up the, the Torah portion of Re'eh in the book of Dvarim. Connect at least through God's true words, his dream. Um and let's have a l'chaim together. Let's have kiddush together tonight. Uh, and, and let's bless each other. And let's bless each other for a little bit more unity. I don't care. You know, I, I have I have my strong political opinions, but like let's like just for a second drop it all and and have that that well, let's also acknowledge maybe we can't drop it, but uh, but if we can't drop it, then let's say, like, look, I really, really disagree with you. But I know that you want the good of the Jewish people too. And so we can at least be together on that ground mm. that we all want the same good for the Jewish people. And I may it, have to keep fighting to make to because I think that what someone else is good for the Jews is not good for the Jews. For Jewish people and please and for the whole world. And for friends of, Israel, friends of Israel, lovers of the Jewish people, lovers of God's truth. We have many, many non-Jews that are with us, that are part of the story. And I love you so much. I really want to send you so many blessings to especially our non-Jewish friends uh, all over the world. And this is not coming from like Hasbara, like I need your help and all the kind of stuff. And please influence your government. It's coming from a true place uh, of of togetherness. Shmuel says, beautifully says, I love this. This is great. Shmuel says, L'chaim, unity. That's great. That's right. L'chaim, Malka L'chaim. And let's make a real, real blessing. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Bore Pri Hagafen. Amen. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Bore Pri Hagafen. Amen. Mm. Mm. That is good. The smell is so fabulous. And right now the, the grapes are, mm, are ready in the land of Israel. And we're getting so many good people saying Shabbat Shalom uh, and Lachaim. And, uh, I don't want to drink too much. I still got... Got, Shabbos food to me. That's right. And Alyssa says, Ahavav shalom. Shabbat shalom, chavirim. Yes, Shabbat Blessing shalom. Blessing and peace. Shabbat shalom to all our friends. Zeo, friends, uh, finally, I want to say. Thank you, um, Bill. Bill says, amen, amen, amen. Back at you, Bill. Well, <laughs> I want to say, um, please write me an email. Yishai at yishaifleischer.com. Uh, please check out uh, my website. Uh, stay connected. Uh, we're going to have new stuff being introduced very soon. Uh, lots of articles, lots of videos. I'm going to do more Facebook like this. 
Uh, if you push Nisha, me, you were on I-24 this week. I, was on, talk I talked about that, that I was on I-24 News. Uh, I'm on Twitter. You can sign up. Some of you may not be signed up for Yishai's email. Mm -hmm. And so you should go to yishaifleischer.com and there's just a little quick little thing and you sign up for the email. Nothing weird or bad happens to you. Right. And you just get the email and Yishai tells you about stuff he's been up to and sends you all the video links and pictures and, and great things, articles and, that are important and stuff that, that maybe you'd be interested in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so that's uh, yishaifleischer.com. Please write me an email. When you write me an email and say, please do more Facebook uh, lives, that makes me do them more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Agnes uh, says, Amen and Shabbat Shalom. Thank uh, you, Agnes. Jose says, Shabbat Shalom. Uh, and folks are saying Shabbat Shalom from all over the world. Yes. Thank you very much for being with us. And really a Shabbat Shalom from the land of Israel. And lots of blessings from the land of blessings. Shalom, Malka. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.